Welcome to the More Than Models podcast. Your host is Andreas, the founder of modelmanagement.com. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. Welcome to More Than Models. In this podcast, I talk with models, influencers, photographers, directors, with managers of brands, advertising agencies, and model agencies. And we look behind the scenes of the world's fastest growing modeling platform, modelmanagement.com. My guests and I discuss a wide range of topics such as diversity, dealing with rejection, work-life balance, and how technology is changing this industry to become safer and more transparent. Each conversation is packed with insights into this amazing modeling world. And I hope you will enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoy making it. sound right boy today we have a very special guest a young talented lady helena she started modeling at the age of one year because <laughs> her mother worked as a model and um, i think her first job was uh, a, f a shooting where the mother showed breastfeeding <laughs> with a baby <laughs> i'm not sure she can tell us more about it um yeah and she She worked as a model, I think, until today. She has she does modeling jobs, but as we are more than models, we choose her because there's much more to tell about Helena. Um, she's a mother. She has a beautiful young son, I think, four year old, four years old, and um, she lived in Paris, Berlin, Barcelona, um, Amsterdam. She speaks six languages. <laughs> she studied international business. Now she gets a bit shy hearing all this. So welcome, Helena. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for that um, very good um, <laughs> overview. <laughs> It's just uh, repeating your your first 25 years. I think you <laughs> achieved a lot in this in this time. And we are, we are excited and super curious about some some details of your career. Thank you. So um, we used to ask some models, how do you start modeling? But I'm sure You don't remember at the age of one, but what is it you remember? What was your first uh, impression or contact with the modeling industry? Well, as you said, uh, my mom was a full-time model for, I think, the duration of almost 30 years of her life. So it's something that me and my siblings uh, grew up with and we always had present. Um, and having that all the time in your life, it becomes kind of a normal thing. So um, I do not remember my first modeling jobs, as you said, I was still a baby. Um, but I do remember being a child, going to castings, having some shoots, um, getting yeah, getting into, into makeup and clothing and finding it all um, kind of Yeah, exciting, but also normal because of seeing my mom doing it all the time. So, and as she was with me most of the time, it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was something just normal that felt like um, it's part of of uh, of a kid's life. <laughs> <laughs> and did you enjoy it, or was it stressful? I heard that sometimes when kids go to casting, they have to wait, or they had to wait when it was still all offline, and you have to go to studios, wait two, three hours. Do you remember that or was it always a joy because your mother bought you a chocolate afterwards or how did it work? <laughs> um, 
No, actually, I do not remember it being super stressful as a child. I think also my mom always took care of, um, she was not bringing me to all the castings. It was most of the times it was jobs <clears throat> that that um, just uh, either came along because she was a model and they looked for like a mo mother daughter role or because it was a direct booking or when we were at castings, it was for really um, good opportunities. So I do not remember having to wait a lot of times at, at castings or maybe we did and she just entertained me very well. So <laughs> that's why I don't remember. Um, I do know, I do remember some jobs that took a long time because productions often they, they go over like 20 hours or more. So, um, with children, they're always very careful, but I do remember having to sleep on set and some some uh, occasions, and them waking me up like, "Okay, you're you're up again." Um, so so yeah, that's what that's that was probably the most stressful part. But you know, there's always the catering to cheer a child up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, pain au chocolat, <laughs> chocolate croissants, and stuff like that. And uh, do you remember? how it was to see yourself first time in, uh, on a, in a magazine or on a TV commercial. I remember I saw um, a TV commercial with your mother or also with your sister. Um, yeah. how, how does it feel as a, as a kid and now when you look back, like seeing yourself on, on TV or in a magazine? Um, I, I do remember, I, was, I mean, I was uh, always very excited to see these things, but I also felt a bit shy about it. I think it was because in school, um, at that age, it's not something that uh, a lot of kids are used to. So I remember being like um, approached by some people in school, like, hey, I saw you on TV and, and then just getting very shy about it because no one else was doing it. Um, and you don't see it as this glamorous thing that people now see modeling. Um, so yeah, it was mixed feelings. I think obviously you're you're proud to see yourself on TV, but you also feel exposed as a kid um, because you don't know what others will think. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. So um, then uh, I think after being a kid and getting to to casting with the mum, you start uh, getting older, 13, 14, 15 years, and you realize yourself that you become. Uh, a beautiful young woman or I don't know if you felt that and now you, you go to castings yourself that changed the perspective I guess um, what was your experience there did you have an agency that represented you or how was how was it to go to photographers and agencies and they look at you they look at your photos and they judge you about your height about your weight about these things like tell us a bit more about that because it's something that yeah we, we read a lot about yeah. good and bad experience? Um, I think there was a very important change between the time where um, it just it just happened because because of my mother, because yeah, because uh, um, my mom was in agencies and they requested me. And the time where you become 13, 14, 15, maybe you're watching uh, Germany's Next Top Model or America's Next Top Model, you start really wanting to get into it and um, putting more of your own um, self-esteem and your own yeah you actually want it now so the perspective changes and um, then getting approached by agencies and going there yourself um, I think the first time that an agency told me maybe like hey you could lose some some a little bit of weight or 
or yeah, just looks at you in a different way because you're becoming you're becoming a woman. You're not a child anymore, and there's a lot of competition uh, between also between teen or between young models. Um, so they treat they start treating you differently than when you were a kid. Um, so I think the first at the beginning. Um, I still really wanted it and I wanted to try it. But as soon as it become, became a little bit difficult, I felt like I was on the spot too much. Um, I stopped wanting it because I, yeah, I just felt like people were looking at me in a way that I didn't really want to. Um, that's, yeah, you, you don't, you, they're not really looking at you for who you are, um, but they're looking at you for how you look. And I wasn't used to that. So um, at that age, I think there was this, this shift where I was just like, um, okay, I, I'll do it if, it's, if it happens, but um, actually I'm not gonna work for it proactively anymore. Mm -hmm. um, talk about school. Uh, was there any conflict with school? I mean, for, for the ones who, who have not no experience in modeling and maybe are 15, 16, 17, or the mothers, fathers out there who are interested, uh, the kids to modeling, um, is, is it something you can do no problem? Or do you have to skip some days of school for, for castings and jobs? How did you manage that? Um, yeah, as I said, I think um, when I was when I was younger, my mom never made me go or or let me go to castings during school hours and also as i also i mentioned before um i didn't want it enough at that age to to actually insist on okay i want to skip school for castings but if there was job opportunities then obviously i had to i had to skip school because it was it was great opportunities um and and yeah i think that's something that if you're 14 15 16 that's always going to be a conflict because productions don't adapt to your school schedule um they happen when when the weather is good when the the, the production team is available um, and the castings are also in working hours, which is school hours. So I think um, everyone who wants to start getting into modeling has to really think about um, how much they, they want it and if they can somehow combine it with, with school, because at that age, obviously, it's very, very important to, to, uh, to go to school, kids. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we will come to your career later, but obviously, we all know that modeling is, um, is an experience. It's very nice. It can be a very nice job and you can make some money. Some people make a lot of money, but it's not a, a job as other jobs where which goes all life. So I think it's a temporary thing. You have to be aware of that. And um, of course, prioritize school and try to make the modeling a part. Um, yeah, skipping a day or two is not, not, uh, not the end of the world, but in general, school has higher priority. Yeah, for sure. I think it's important to have someone, um, a good guidance in that in that point or in that age. As um, as I said, with thirteen to sixteen, where I maybe started feeling a bit uncomfortable about the judgment of agencies or photographers, um, you really need that guidance from from your parents or from 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 other people around you to say, hey. You know, this is not a judgment that you should take to heart because that's how the industry is. I had that because my mom had been working in it for so long, so she 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 knew it and she was able to coach me. Um, but if you don't have that, I think it, at this age it's a bit dangerous to to take it 
to take it to heart, to then uh, want to skip school for it. Um, if I, I think if I was a, if I was a parent, I would wait maybe till until the person is 16 um, for her or him to make their own decisions and be able to um, to feel confident about the, the decisions that they they're going to make um, with modeling. Yeah, that's a good point. Don't forget, we are here in More Than Models, a podcast of modelmanagement.com. And um, we also have an age limit. We, we also think that um, kids shouldn't start too early in modeling um, for the same reason as Helena just explained very well, responsibility. Um, yeah, t tell us a bit about your experience in, in terms of rejection, um, because it's always an issue. I think that um, it's quite normal in the modeling industry that you don't go to every casting, even if you're pretty and you feel like you are good for it. There's, in, in your case, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 other pretty young women who also are good. Um, so chances are always 1 to 20, 1 to 30 uh, to, to get the job. And um, that means you get rejected a lot. It's part of that. How, how was how, how did you handle that? And uh, like from first time, maybe did it hurt? And then did you find a way to deal with it better? Also giving our audience uh, some uh, some advice how to do it? Yeah, um, I think in my case, the good thing was that I never I depended too much on, on, on modeling to to put all my hope, let's say all my eggs into one basket to say, okay, I need these jobs. Um, it was most of the time a sight thing. So getting not getting a job was never an issue for me because it was more getting it that just made me happy because it was an extra income and, and uh, something on the side. Um, what did maybe get to me sometimes or yeah was was like I said the the judgment from from agencies maybe telling you hey uh, you should look like this or you should look like that um, it it does affect you obviously it doesn't matter how confident you are you you're gonna think okay I'm not the way that they want me to be and my rejection was then always uh, my reaction was always to say like okay I don't want this anymore <laughs> but um, I can understand if other people just really let them let it get to them because it's a harsh it's it's harsh comments and often you have all kinds of um, agencies and all kinds of clients they're not all uh, people with 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 uh, yeah let's yeah taste for for tasteful opinions I'd say some some will just talk um, about you when you're in front of them so um, having having this in mind and not taking it to heart I think is very very important um, and thinking okay I am good for some agencies, I'm good for some clients, but I'm never going to be good for all of them. So being prepared for rejection, um, especially if you're young, is I think one of the most important um, mental trainings that you should do before starting or even in between. Yeah. 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 It's also something we insist a lot here in uh, our platform. It's uh, expectation management. We, we try to tell everybody who's trying to get into modeling that um, there's no guarantee everybody, every agency or other platform or app who promises you to be a supermodel tomorrow. I think you have to really ask yourself, is that serious? Um, and uh, I think we we educate um, our, our members, our aspiring models to, to get prepared well, um, to get prepared for the rejection as well as, as it's part of the game. So if you expect that rejection is rather normal than getting accepted it's much easier to get rejected as if you think 
everybody tells you you're super beautiful and you can do everything and then first three castings you get rejected um talking about education brings me to another to another topic um that also fits to you we jump a bit in the in the timeline but we can go back and forth with you it's really very interesting no matter where we go in your in your <laughs> career so now we jump back a bit uh, jump uh, forward to recently now um since two years or three years you joined the team of modelmanagement.com um you're now leading the marketing team um a big team with big responsibility uh being present in instagram and facebook and TikTok and pinterest and google so whenever you see modelmanagement.com anywhere i think elena had something uh <laughs> to do with it um and uh, and you also were part of the team who, who who did the strategy and the concept production for the model academy so talking about being prepared um so what was the idea for the model academy and how how did it start tell us a bit about the experience for that um so yeah i'll start with the model academy um i think the model academy for exactly those reasons that i've i've been talking about before was very necessary because we have a very very big community um i think it's uh, over 1.5 million models uh out there <laughs> and talking about coaching um, all these people we cannot talk to all these people at the same time but these people they have maybe not had any modeling experience so what we wanted to do is really create a guidance a course that will prepare you for for the industry um, there's a lot of scams out there there's a lot of um, yeah injustice uh, a lot of things that you should be prepared before you start modeling and we would just wanted to share our knowledge i mean in our team we have so many people that have worked in production we have photographers with people from agencies scouts um models um and all these people have have knowledge that we wanted to put out there and we wanted to help the community get into it i mean there's so many things that um if you if you don't have a good guidance that you don't know from the beginning i think for us it's working in the industry we feel like it's something normal maybe that you <clears throat> you need to have a book and you need to um yeah the, the kind of things that you need to do to start modeling or where need to, you need to go but a lot of people ask us how do i start modeling that's like a f the most frequently asked question in our communities how do i start so um Yeah, we just wanted to share that knowledge and and hopefully help a lot of people to overcome that that little first step into the the modeling industry. So so the Model Academy is uh, is an online course. You have you you did videos and and it's chapters. Can you explain a bit like how what somebody expects who attends the modelmanagement.com Model Academy and what are the main chapters and If you answer the question with the academy, how do I start modeling? What are the most important steps? Maybe you can also give a bit of a feedback here. Yeah. So it's um, it it happened in, during quarantine, during lockdown, actually. Um, we've had this in our mind for a long time to produce an online course um, for our platform. Um, but yeah, then in quarantine we had some we had some time on our hands mm -hmm. at home, and uh, we started doing it. Um, and yeah, it's just a step by step guide of the most important topics that um, we think are relevant for to to start modeling, or even if you're into modeling to just professionalize it. Um, starting with uh, okay, what are modeling agencies? What material do you need uh, to start modeling? Um, how do you pose? How do you use your social media, 
um, and also maybe it sounds a little bit more boring, but it's very, very relevant, all the legal topics and and about contracts that you, the, the moment you start working, it's going to be relevant. Um, and you also need to know uh, what to demand from your clients, from, from photographers, collaborations. Um, so to prepare people for all of that, um, we created a seven chapter course um, that is available on the platform. Yeah, you, you mentioned um, the material you need. What, what do you mean with uh, what material you need to start? So if you um, if you're starting tomorrow, you need some you need photos and video content of yourself to send to clients. So if you're represented by an agency, they they do that for you. They invite you to the to the agency. They take um, they take photos from you. Um, what they call Polaroids. They maybe invite you to do some collaboration with photographers to have a book. Um, a book is just a collection of, of photos that you you have um, of yourself so that clients can can see how you look on photos. Um, and But if you don't have an agency, you need the same thing. So clients always need to see you um, in your most natural way with a good lighting so they can imagine how you would look on their in their campaigns. Um, so and if you're not guided by an agency, um, we also guide you in the course about how to get this material and and what exactly you need and what you don't need um, and where to get it. And um, the, the online academy um, is probably you don't have to attend uh, every Saturday from nine to 12. It's something you can do whenever. And um, is it free? How, how can you start? What what can you recommend people who are interested? Um, so the course is fully available on the on the platform whenever whenever you want you can go into it and and start. Um, the first two chapters are available for for the whole community, which is um, modeling vocabulary and I think it's uh, the first the first steps into modeling. Um, and then from the third chapter onwards, um, it's for premium models on the platform. And um, yeah, in between the in between the chapters, you have some tests um, that you take just to make sure that you understood the whole content. And at the end of the seven chapters, you have a, um, a final test. Um, don't worry, it's it's very easy. <laughs> If you just watch the videos, you're gonna pass it. But that's um, gonna give you a certificate um, that you completed the Model Academy. If you are a premium member, you pay around 10 to 15 euros or dollars a month and you, you can cancel at any time. So if you just want to take the course, um, you can complete it in a couple of days or in a month. So you would just pay 10 to 15 dollars or euros. Um, it's also available on Udemy, I think, uh, for around 49 um, but they always offer a lot of discounts. So anyways, I think uh, in comparison to, to the modeling courses that you can find um, in agencies or other places um, that can be quite expensive, I think it's a, it's a good investment. Hey, are you enjoying the podcast so far? Just to let you know, we'll be selecting five listeners to receive a premium membership for free. All you have to do is leave a comment. All right, so now I have to jump back in your in your long history of 25 years <laughs> a bit, um, I, I think, and I've already announced that this uh, podcast will take a bit longer than maybe other podcasts, but this, you have so much uh, to say um, and, and so relevant for, for our 
podcast more than models. So um, back to between modeling uh, when you went to school and um, and now being uh, managing the, the marketing of modelmanagement.com and the model academy, um, this doesn't come like right away after school. So you have to to be prepared and to to learn uh, to study to to get this kind of job. So um, you you started international business. You went to you lived in Netherlands and Paris and Berlin. You did internships. Um, can you? Tell us a bit, even if it's not related directly to modeling, uh, how yeah, how was that um, from from school to getting this job, and what was the most important experience in that time? Um, yeah, for sure. I think uh, looking back, um, I find it funny because when I when I was in school, I was always sure I wanted to work as a doctor, and that was my life plan. And I was super until I was eighteen or even nineteen. I was I was really sure of it. And then um, and then life happens, and uh, things just start rolling, and you you start going different directions. Um, I think uh, back then I started studying international business because I was on the waiting list for for um, a med for a medicine study in Germany. And um, I thought it's something that can never hurt to know a little bit about economics and, and marketing and everything. And um, so I started studying this, just thinking, okay, let's see where it takes me. Um, after after some time, I actually started liking it, started enjoying it. So um, I decided to to finish studies um, in the Netherlands, and it also had a lot of internship opportunities. Um, and and yeah, uh, one of those internships, uh, like you said, it was in in Berlin. And until then, I I really I enjoyed my studies, but I was kind of lost still in between. Should I study medicine afterwards or? Or is this something that I can see myself? I didn't have anything concrete where I would see myself. Um, especially, yeah, I was I was in between. I like numbers, but I also like creative work. So I never knew exactly where to place myself. So I think the first time where I had an idea of the direction that I want to take in the future was when I did my internship in Berlin. Because um, it was a, um, a performance marketing agency. And I had a very good mentor at that agency that really showed me step by step what to do, how it all works. We started working in Facebook ads, Google ads, and um, all these performance marketing platforms. And I saw that uh, there is a job out there that allows me to combine um, my analytical thinking with um, with the creative part because I was also learning how to use Photoshop um, and how to how to edit uh, the little ads and clips and um, we had to do creative briefs for clients. So it was something very new and I was really surprised that I was enjoying it that much, but it was every day it was different and I was learning a lot. So I think that was kind of, that was the point where I was sure that I was maybe I was doing the right studies, and I started doubting if I, if um, if I belonged in the in the hospital anymore, um, as a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, yeah, that's that's when the when the shift happened, and afterwards, everything kind of uh, went into that direction. Um, yeah, you, I went to Paris uh, to to do my Erasmus there, and afterwards I did a second internship in in influencer marketing, also at an agency, which was uh, a little bit to complete this 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 marketing um, package because it was something, it still is, but back then 
even more. It was something very relevant in that moment that a lot of people would ask you for. If you want to work in a marketing position, you have to have some experience with, with influencer marketing. And um, this agency also did a lot of uh, word of mouth marketing. Um, and so, yeah, that's how I kind of covered uh, the the parts of, of marketing, or that's what I thought at this part, I, that I was super ready to <laughs> to do anything. But um, now after some, some years of working experience, I think you're never in marketing. And the good thing is that you're never really ready. You're always developing yourself with the platforms. Everything changes so, so quickly and you have, always have to be up to date and keep learning and and keep adjusting to um, to yeah this changing, changing world. And that's something that I enjoy a lot to this day. It's funny, actually, you um, you plan to be a doctor and you end up to be uh, a team leader of the marketing team of modelmanagement.com. <laughs> but when I look at your history, uh, starting modeling as a as a baby and being living in a model family and and having a lot of touch points with modeling during your school time and then studying uh, international business and and having a focus on marketing it makes so much sense that you are where you are so this is funny sometimes in life we we have a plan but then it brings us to something else and and it still makes totally sense or even more sense than our initial plan right yeah i think uh, there was a time where i didn't want to let go of what i thought i wanted to to do or want it to be but um i think with with years uh you learn what you're actually good at and where you can where you can really see yourself or what your daily life what you want your daily life to look like and um and yeah i think never luckily life doesn't go as planned <laughs> <laughs> yeah, life doesn't go as planned. In your case, I think there's another event uh, that underlines that um, you got a baby at 19 or age of 19 or 20. Yeah, it was uh, 20. So um, yeah, 20. Uh, probably not expected, not planned. Um, what what did that mean in, in in your career between wanting to be a doctor, starting intentional business? having some modeling experience, going to school and then becoming a, 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 getting a job like you have now. I think this was a very intense period at the beginning and still is quite a challenge at, uh, at your age having, having a kid. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I, I think it's always a challenge having a kid. It's something <laughs> that always changes your life, um, puts it upside down for, for a moment um, at that point, specifically because you don't really know yet where you want to be. Like I said, I was in between. I want to become a doctor and I want to work in marketing, which is two very different directions. <laughs> and then you become a mom and <laughs> and um, everything looks like it's a complete mess and, and you don't recognize yourself from, from when you just graduated from school um, but actually after a while I think you recognize that having a kid um, just puts things into perspective and makes you really think about the decisions you take afterwards um, for me it was um, always maybe you take decisions too fast when you when you're a bit younger and you you take it everything lightly which is which is great um, but when I start yeah, when I was a mom I just started to reflect a bit more about where I wanted to be and what really made sense um, in my life also because you yeah, have another human being that depends on you so you have to double think everything yeah um, definitely so um, uh, I guess studying um, and having a baby 
is not really uh, very typical and I think uh, the program of studying is not made for being a mother at the same time. I, I admire uh, young mothers who handle that. Um, how, how did you manage that? Um, for me, it was uh, with a lot of support uh, from family, from friends, um, also some teachers that put in an extra good word for me or gave me uh, an extended deadline. Um, it was not from everyone. That was also something, uh, yeah, that you have to deal with. I think when you when you realize that the the program is not made for for young mothers, I had some fights with school uh, where I just. I just uh, wanted to to have an extended deadline and didn't get it. <laughs> but um, I think that's also something that you need to learn that, um, yeah, you just have to work your way around it. And if you have a good support system, everything is possible. And if you don't have it, then you better be great at multitasking. <laughs> um, and and yeah, so at some point it, it worked out. I had a, a year of delay because I took some time off from school when I when I had uh, Leo, that's his name. Um, and and then I just reinitiated um, a little bit different, but but managed to to finish. <laughs> yeah, so um, we can we can probably agree that um, it is possible to be a mother and study or work, but there's still uh, a lot of margin for improvement of like support for for young mothers. No, I think it's really still quite a quite a fight, no, to to get everything managed together. Yeah, for sure. I think um, you always have to. Yeah, you always have to be able to multitask. You have to think in different. Uh, you have to think as different roles. Uh, so when you when you have uh, a job with responsibilities and then kindergarten calls, uh, your your kid is sick. Um, so you, you have to prioritize um, certain things, and and it's hard sometimes to um, to let something that you want for yourself uh, go a little bit to to be there. But like I said, with the right support system, everything is possible and you just you just learn to organize your time better. And sometimes it's also good for yourself to have some, well, as a young person like me, to have some structure in your life that that helps you prioritize, helps you organize the day. And um, and yeah, and well, we cannot forget it's a wonderful thing as well. <laughs> um, so it yeah. helps you as well in your in your um yeah, and just just being being happy with with your life. Yeah, so it's not really absolutely not the end of the world if you <laughs> get a child at the age of nineteen or twenty. It's the other way around. I think it's one of the most beautiful things that can happen. It is not easy to combine uh, being a mother and uh, and and studying or working, but it's possible and it helps you to prioritize things. But I think it's also good to tell everybody. If it's a client or your boss or your colleagues to have in mind that uh, life is different when you have to take care of a little little kid yeah and uh, and priorities get different so we also I think we all have to to deal with mothers like you uh, in a way with respect and uh, understand the situation correct yeah, exactly. I think um, also not expecting everyone to understand it who hasn't maybe is not a parent yet. Um, like I said, so in school, I had to talk to some teachers. I had to um, you have to talk to friends to understand that you may be going to be late to <laughs> certain certain appointments. You're going to be um, running a lot of times. So don't expect everyone to understand. Just explain it. And, and everyone for me, everyone has been uh, 
quite supportive. Great. Another topic uh, we touched based uh, with your, yeah, your city hopping, living in different countries. It's also related to speaking languages. I mean, some people just speak the same language everywhere and wait for people to expect people to speak also the same language. But you, you made an effort to learn languages. I think you speak six languages um, quite fluently. I mean, I think we didn't mention you are German. You grew up in, in Barcelona, so that comes automatically with a package of speaking German and Spanish. And in the case of Barcelona, for the people who are not from Barcelona, <laughs> it's even a third language, Catalan, that has to be included. Maybe it's even the second language and then Spanish, the third language. Um, what are the other languages you speak? Um, English. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> Just realized that. <laughs> um, and French and Dutch. Yeah. That was because of your your time in in, in Paris and in Amsterdam or Netherlands, um, and that's that brings me to another point of of your current job and and something you did, which I also like a lot, uh, related to the Model Academy and and marketing. Um, we have a collaboration with um, English for Models, like Learn Match. It's an app that um, is special. Uh, they have a special version for for models or people who want to be a model to learn a language and and combine it with modeling. It sounds like what is that? Can you explain a bit more about it? <laughs> yeah, I think this app, um, it, it's always its always uh, hard to learn a new language and you need some motivation. I think everyone knows the struggle of wanting to but not really finding the moment or the, the time for it or the motivation specifically to, to open the grammar books again like in school. Um, and um, I think with with uh, English for models or with learn much in general, what they do is they just they try to motivate you with something that you are into. So they have certain topics like um, like soccer or like like modeling and or fashion in this case that helps you with content that you're actually interested in to learn a language. So. Um, in the case of English for Modeling, they they just use that interest and they teach you the the language related to it. And this way, hopefully, you have you have a lot of fun <laughs> while learning English, which is uh, which is very important. So it's, it makes it makes it easier to to learn English than with a classic vocabulary book. Yeah, exactly. I think I mean me in school, I was uh, I was never into languages. I was more. Um, I was more into math or, or like things that were more logic and more <laughs> systematic and um, and then the reason why I I started wanting to learn languages is because I started being interested in the culture I started being interested in in the people so that's how it helped me um, to to actually to make the effort to learn it so I think it makes sense uh, to combine it always with a topic or, or an interest that you have and uh, take it from there yeah absolutely and um, we, we are not sponsored by any company but we collaborate with some exciting projects and I think LearnMatch is um, something that that we do because we believe in, in the necessity and um, uh, yeah uh, we know how important it is to, to speak languages for for life in general but also in the modeling industry um, so first of all I would recommend everybody to to look at LearnMatch uh, in the App Store um, I think the slogan is uh, learn where your passion is. They also offer uh, soccer as a topic if you're more into soccer than into modeling or other topics. It's really it's really nice concept. Um, but as we are more than models and the modeling platform, maybe you can explain us why language is important for modeling. I mean, you would say 
yeah, I mean, you have to be good looking or, uh, I don't know, be an influencer. But in, in, at which point comes language? Um, I mean, you, when you when you do modeling, you always you travel and you work with with people. I think um, the the main language in modeling is is English. So when you walk into um, a casting, you walk into a job, a, a photo shoot, the communication is usually in in English. So how are you going to communicate with the client about what what he wants uh, from you? How how to pose with the photographer or the team if you don't speak that language? I think. Clients um, are hesitant to book someone that does not speak their language or or a language that they can speak to you because communication is just very important that you cannot um, just know what the person wants from you. And um, so, yeah, if you're planning to get into modeling, I think English is the starting point. And then there's some other languages. I mean, uh, France is very important in the modeling industry as well. And um, and in Paris specifically with uh, with Fashion Week and everything, I think um, French is also also a very good point at least to know a little bit what they're talking about, <laughs> because not everyone not everyone uh, is going to speak to you in your language. Um, so yeah, make the effort. Um, maybe even if it's just uh, some vocabulary on the way uh, in the metro um, to to uh, yeah to be able to communicate with the team. Great. Um, before we started this podcast, we had a little chat, and you uh, you asked like what we talk about, and uh, of course, I didn't tell you everything because I wanted to be <laughs> like of surprises and spontaneous. But you you said that you had some funny stories as a model, and uh, I didn't ask what it was, but I'm very curious <laughs> to know. Uh, can you tell us uh, some like funny experience or something special that that you remember? Yeah, I think um, modeling has is uh, is funny because modeling is always seen as something very glamorous. And when, when you say, "Yeah, I used to be a model," and it's like, "Wow, uh, great! Show me some stuff." And um, for me, I, I did a lot of commercial commercial modeling and um, a lot of TV spots and online campaigns. And the brands are not always super glamorous, right? So um, <laughs> I think I had more funny shoots than actually nice or glamorous shoots where I, I had a great dress on and great makeup. It was more, um, yeah. So I remember I remember one specifically where it was a, a, um, a car tire company. Um, so, and the clients thought it was a great idea um, in March to go <laughs> into the water and pretend that we're doing um, donuts. Uh, you know, the, the the donuts that go in the back of the boat. And um, instead of the donut, we're going to use a car tire <laughs> and put the model inside of it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, there's, then I go there and I already look at this tire and think, this is not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, Surprise. But you know, the client is the king in that moment and you just think to yourself, let me um, survive this shoot. And also I think he was really, really cold. Um, but yeah, I, I step into this tire and surprise, surprise, it, <laughs> every shoot that we make, I just go underwater directly. Um, and the client is like, hmm, maybe this is not 
not the greatest idea. <laughs> um, and you know, every production is like, it's huge. You have a huge team. It's, it's a lot of costs. So you would think that they would try these things beforehand, but, but no, um, <laughs> everything is often improvised. Um, at the end, we had to kind of rethink the situation, but I thought it was, it was, it was still very funny and, um, nothing happened luckily, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, on another occasion, um, they asked me if I can ride a bike and in the casting and I said, yes, of course I can ride a bike. Um, and it was for a car company, um, quite no known car company and also huge production. We drive up to a mountain. My co-star was, uh, was a well-known, um, uh, um, how do you say biker <laughs> um and um it was a summer commercial as well so we drive up to the mountain it's also february and it starts snowing <laughs> and they give me the clothes and it's all uh, summer clothes so super cold and I, I keep asking like what 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 is the scene going to be i'm i'm here in the middle of the mountains and, and my co-star is a professional <laughs> biker they just asked me if i can bike <laughs> and they were like oh no just wait here in the in in the van and we'll get you when when you're ready because it's snowing so we need to we need to uh we need to be prepared in between um one snow and the next so they actually just got me out of the van uh, two seconds before for, before the shot. And they were like, here, this is your bike. And it was an actual like racing bike, the bikes that you have to like click in with your shoes and everything that I have never taken in my life. So there you are with a team of 60 people looking at you and being very stressed because it was snowing, <laughs> going down a uh, downhill <laughs> at a speed of a professional racer with a with a racing bike that you've never used before in summer clothes and it's snowing so yeah funny stories like this happen all the time and um i think my my modeling path with everything but uh glamorous a lot of times there's other shoots that are much more that are much easier um but yeah, I have plenty of stories like this. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to More Than Models. That's, that's really funny. I, I love this, this story. That's, that's a real highlight. And uh, yeah, it shows that um, behind the scenes, behind what we see in, in TV commercials and magazines and glamorous, there's, uh, real life is, is different. And that's, that's the beauty of it, I think. But uh, yeah, talk about glamorous. Um, I would like to go back to, to your current job. Um, and I know we are already far behind our schedule and it takes longer but I don't care because I think it's just a beautiful <laughs> conversation with you and there's so much uh, to say I can't believe that uh, with the age of 25 years so so much things to to say and um, and I would like to to go on and dig deeper and I'm sure everybody who is still connected and and listening is happy that we continue so uh, currently you're managing the marketing of modelmanagement.com um, it's uh, yeah a big internet platform for aspiring models and professional models and for clients, photographers, brands, agencies uh, to connect each other to find jobs or find models. Um, I think everybody knows that hopefully now um, with, uh, with this podcast and, and hopefully following us on Instagram or being already on the platform. Um, yeah, tell us a bit about about your your role. What is what what are you doing? I mean, you you work probably 40, 50 hours a week. <laughs> um, in marketing, I mean, people, you, you know what that means and some people around you, but I'm sure many people have no clue how that job looks like. Um, so it all started very 
very small and sites, it was a site job besides my studies. Um, I started running some, after having that internship um, as a performance marketeer, I started uh, running some campaigns on, on Facebook and Instagram ads, which is what I've I had been learning and I was interested in. Um, just yeah, gaining some more experience in that. And uh, I think a platform is a great starting point um, for a performance marketer but because you, you're looking for more people to join the platform. And, um, and yeah, I think, yeah, marketing is about bringing across the right message to the right targets and finding people with a problem and, and solve and being the solution for it. Um, and yeah, so from, from that point, because Facebook ads and Instagram ads was booming quite a lot in that moment, we, uh, with these campaigns, we saw quite some some growth in in the company and the community um the job started being a, a full-time job um we started getting more people on the team and um yeah on one side we were we were advertising to to models um existing models so people wanted to be a model and on the other side to clients uh, photographers uh, or other people who need models and the art of marketing is, is, is finding these people and um, and convincing them to join the platform. And um, yeah, as it went better and better, we started adding channels um, and team members. Um, we started not only being on Instagram and Facebook anymore, but we um, we started advertising on Google as well. Uh, now we are on TikTok, on Pinterest, on on YouTube, on LinkedIn, and. Um, yeah, basically every imaginable <laughs> platform, um, and the the team also started growing a lot, and um, I'm really happy about about that. We have a lot of very, very um, mixed, motivated young people in the marketing team, and that's the the funnest part of the job. Yeah, you um, you started with Facebook and Instagram ads, and uh, I know you you had a mentor at that time, somebody who, apart from your internship in Berlin where you had a good agency who give you some basic you 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 talked about the mentor I think it's also important to have a mentor in in your life for for many things can you maybe say a bit more about this mentor and yeah mention him or her uh, I'm sure he or she will be very happy yeah so this is a shout out to <laughs> Chris Atto <laughs> No, um, so yeah, it's always, I think, always looking back, you have some people that, that are the, 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 um, at important points of decision in your life that mark a difference. And I think first it was my mentor at my, um, at my internship in Berlin. And then it was also, uh, uh Chris, who has been working closely together with us, who is, um, yeah, the Facebook ads guru. <laughs> um, he just did some, some really good sessions and something that you cannot learn from. He has so much experience and something that you cannot learn from courses or, or um, not even from agencies. Probably he just he just hacks the system basically. So he did some sessions with us in the company in the office and showed us how it really works, what's behind the algorithm, what's important. Always playing with uh, with the psychology of the people um, thinking as a user. I mean, we're we're all young at the marketing team and we all basically also the target that we're trying to reach. So always thinking about um what what is 
right now in trend and um, bringing us the updates, the fresh updates from from Facebook um, and Instagram. Um, that's what's what he did and what he's still doing. He's still mentoring us and giving us advice. Um, so yeah, thank you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so now we come uh, to another point of this podcast that um, is something that every guest has to do. Um, you have to ask a question for one of the next guests. And we also will ask you a question from one of the guests who have been here already or who have, uh, yeah, give us some, some idea about something they want to know. So, um, do you want to start with your question or shall we ask you mm. the tricky question that you got? <laughs> Maybe just, just ask me before. <laughs> okay. I don't know who, who was it, who did this question, but, um, I think it was about, um, if you could choose a period of time historically where you would have lived instead of today, which period would you choose and why? That is indeed a difficult <laughs> question. <laughs> or maybe you prefer to live today, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, I think, I mean, in my case, looking at my life specifically, I don't know if my life would have been better or different in a, in a different time, uh, time frame. But um, being a single mom and a full-time worker, um, a single mom at a very young age, um, I think I would have probably not been accepted in a lot of other <laughs> <laughs> in other um, historical times. Um, so I would, I think, we're as a, as as woman, as a working um, person, and always being very ambitious with with my studies and and with um, with work and and wanting to to also um, build something uh, for myself. Um, I'm quite happy that I was born in the time that I was born because um, we get the space. It's starting to be, it's, it's definitely more easy now to work as a single mom um, and to work in general as a, as a woman. I think looking back at, back at my grandparents, uh, um, it was a totally different story. Um, so yeah, I think I'm quite happy that I was born in <laughs> the 90s. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a good one. It's good to be happy with what you have. And uh, yeah, the, the, I think uh, you mentioned uh, women or the role of women in today, women empowerment, um, just to announce uh, a topic that we always uh, bring to this podcast as well. We have a nice podcast uh, with, or several podcasts with, with women in, in the industry. Um, for example, with Alba Duque, a photographer, female photographer, um, who also has very nice projects to, to empower women. Um, so stay tuned or look for it in, in our, uh, in the podcast feed or in, in Google to find this, this podcast as well. It's, it's super interesting. And, um, I just want to repeat that modelmention.com always stands for inclusion, diversity, and of course, um, the modern role of a woman, um, which I think, uh, in, in our industry, sometimes people mix up and only focus on the, on the on the look and on the on the things that you see obviously the beauty um but it's in this podcast as it's called more than models we want to talk about more than modeling more about not only the obvious beauty but the beauty inside of the people as we have heard now in the last i don't know 45 minutes with <laughs> elena there's a lot of beauty 
in people. Um, and the nice thing about the podcast, you don't see her, so you don't even know uh, the other part of her of her beauty. So, um, what is your question then for your next guest or for one of the guests? Yeah, luckily you you asked me this before the podcast. <laughs> I don't think you shouldn't tell that. <laughs> I don't think I could come up no, with this okay, on the course, spot. Of course. Yeah, we have to prepare you. <laughs> so, what um, did you what did you come up with? Being mean or yeah, or nice? I think. Well, I mean, probably um, this is something that is hard to respond to on the spot, but I'm gonna be very curious to to see what the person comes up with. But I would like to ask. Um, to the next person, um, if they could have lunch with anyone um, in the world, dead or alive, who would it be and what would they ask them? Super. Very, very nice question. Okay, now we come to the end, but there's always one thing at the end that we do. But before we do that, um, I have a very special, uh, special thing about this podcast. Um, and um, I would like you to comment on the on Instagram or podcast, whatever you hear that. If there's a possibility to comment, or you can you can start a thread about it. Um, I have a very special relationship to Elena. Um, we know each other, as you probably heard, um, for some time. And um, you can guess what is the relationship we have. Like, how do I know her? Um, when did it start uh, that we we met first time? So um, that's something. A little secret, and uh, I'm very curious to know from you what you guess, or maybe you know already. Um, all right, so the last part of this podcast is always uh, related to our collaboration with a very beautiful project called SoHappy.org. I think it's So-Happy.org or So-Happy.org in English. Um, so if you want to look at it, and um, I think the slogan is um, Be Grateful Now. The idea behind it is that um, being grateful makes yourself happy and sharing your gratefulness with somebody makes the other person also happy. So we we also believe in that and we want to make you happy, Helena, and we want to make somebody else happy. That's why we asked you also before, <laughs> not a secret mm -hmm. anymore, uh, to think about who are you grateful for. Um, we also say that um, we, we prefer it's not the obvious. I mean, normally when you go to the Oscars, you say, thank you very much, mom and dad. Without you, I haven't been here. We know that. And it's, it's true that probably these are the people you have to be most grateful for, but you do it all the time. So um, we don't make it so easy for you. We want you to go a step by side or ahead or back and, and think about other people that are not so obvious um, or one person. You want to, you're grateful and you want to share this with us now and maybe surprise this person when you now say thank you for something. And that's all. It's always the last thing we do because um, it's beautiful um, to hear that. And so I close my part and leave the word to Helena to say thank you. Um, yeah, so I think when I was looking at a little bit at... Um back at my life and that the, the story and the topics that we're going to talk about it was it's uh she's going to be surprised but it's gonna it's for me it was a, a easy decision um i think i would like to thank uh, monica who was my mentor at um, my first internship 
because now being a mentor as well for some interns and, and being um, a manager, I know how hard it is to, to really take the time and, and care enough to um, to guide someone like that. And because it is uh, an important part of your of your career, um, your internships is where you find orientation and you find maybe find out that you want to do something or don't want to do something. And um, Monica really had me by her side and explained me everything in detail enough for me to then after be able to work in the sector and and um, um, hopefully successfully work in the sector. Um, so yeah, thank you, Monica. And uh, yeah, you really changed my career path, I would say. And that was all for today. Don't forget to rate the episode if you liked it and stay tuned for what's coming next. It sound right, boys.